hey, hey, I'm Brandon Beliso here. You're living your best life. This is Success Never Sleeps. It is Friday, Friday, February 11th, uh, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on the West Coast. This is a show for you about us, the martial arts school owners. We pivot our way through running a successful small business and sustaining it and scaling and growing it and really about answering all the different questions that are going to help you be a best version of yourself, to help you live your best life. And of course, emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, and financially, offer you the opportunity to create your version of success. Not mine, not anybody else's, your version of success. And what is today's show all about? What I believe every small school owner should know, right? Any small business should know, but in particular, every small school owner that runs a martial arts school should know. Um... I want to thank my sponsors, beginning with my studio, Tulay and the gang. I think the innovation, I share this constantly, is that when you're dealing with a software company, if they don't have updates all the time, it's not a good software company. Any great software company is fixing bugs, updating things. Just look at your Apple iPhone. How many iOS updates do we get? And you read, you know, what are they fixing? A bug fix, this, that, constantly. I believe any great software company that's indigenous of them, and you need to be okay with that. I hear a lot of complaints. People complain about this software, that software, this. They made another change et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I believe, you know, you need to embrace that that's, that's part of the characteristic of technology and you got to be okay with it. You stress on, it's going to make you old. Try not to do that. Hey, what's up, Roy? Danny. Hey, Danny, what's happening, sir? As you come aboard, say hello. Let me know that you're there. Please, please, please. And then of course, Kids Love Life Skills. We are a character development system for children. Uh, we're, we're, subscription-based now. We're beginning to roll things out, and, and it took a little longer than I wanted. But you know what I've learned about life? Life is something that happens while you're busy making other plans. And as we negotiate this pandemic, we are school owners running schools. So it takes up our time as well. But what I do promise you is that Kids Love Life Skills will impact your business. It will help position you and your community as a life skills education leader. And, and that's the beautiful thing about that. Nobody's going to go to a soccer coach particularly and say, teach my kid focus and discipline. They will come into your school and they will demand it. And if you simply have it painted it up on the wall or you randomly discuss it, you know, any way you want because it's the theme of the month, that's a bad day. I don't want to let a 15-year-old loose during the live talk just rambling on about Fortnite or the latest TikTok in relationship to the life skill that we're teaching. So tight, scripted, life talks, coloring sheets, student parent discovery sheet, hand out all these different things to help create a culture. Because if I educate the student, I educate the facilitator, and I educate the parent, everybody's on the same page, and they're committed to the life skills growth. You know, one of the things I share with parents passionately, I think we should all share, that gives them peace of mind, is that no child is born with focus. No child is born with confidence, and no child is born with self-discipline. The good news is, for our parents is that it can be taught, it can be practiced, it can become habit and become part of their lifestyle. And I think once parents reconcile that and they're cool with it, then they're no longer frustrated so much with the rest of what comes with that. And they recognize, I'm okay. It's not me. And my child can learn these things and it almost ignites a fire. I had a parent in yesterday in a class and she kept making excuses for her son's behavior. And I said, man, he's just doing four. But what's neat about that is one day we can teach him the life skills through our classes to help him 
have that skill set of focus and discipline and confidence. So that went a real long way. So just a tidbit there. LC Accounting, I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. My sister Letitia is my angel. In many ways, she has helped me so much negotiate this pandemic. She continues. You know, one of the things I'll talk about that every small schooler should know, stop doing your own taxes, please. Stop getting bookkeeping advice from an article you read through QuickBooks. You really need to be mindful where you spend your money. And when it comes to bookkeeping and budgeting and things of that nature, that is something I would never do myself. And I would encourage you to outsource. Cool, cool, cool. And last but not least, market muscles. You know, Stephen Reinstein is, I, I wrote that post on Stephen Reinstein, which has gotten so much, so many views and so many comments. And it's the truth. Stephen is a genuine and kind soul. And I shared the backstory on that. He was a 13-year-old kid that simply loved to make websites. No money involved, just loved to make websites. And it grew into his, his desire to help his instructor streamline processes, systems, and of course, grow the school. So that's where Market Muscles was born, out of the love of a 13-year-old kid making websites. One of the things we discussed is everybody is, is being upgraded to version three. It's not costing you any more money, but do you know how painstaking that is? It's sometimes six weeks, two months out. It is not an easy process, but what Stephen saw was we can make this better. And so he did. And he could have left you with version two and simply said, you know what, we're going to charge you more if you want version three. No, 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 no. It is the company's responsibility. It's a very painstaking task because I, I've spoken to Stephen about this and his, his need to innovate, to better the product, not just for the sake of innovation, but to better the product because it's going to serve us. The school owner is what separates market muscles from anybody else. So I'm going to tell you right now, if you can get a market muscle site and it fits the... Uh, the five-mile radius rule that Stephen has, do it. Hey, focus. Don't lose the focus there. What's going on? Okay, cool. So let's jump into this. Before we do, I just want to share that we have an event coming up in August, August 13th through 16th. It's Time Live Believe. Believe. And it's a four-day event. It's unlike anything in the martial arts industry, but only 20. 20 school owners is what we're permitting to this event. You want to be there. We do everything from systems, curriculum development, branding, culture, the why of your business, all those things. Oh, my, my cameras. And, and this is supposed to be on autofocus. Now, let me see if I can do anything to fix this for you guys, okay? And so, you, you know, in relationship to that, I really want you to think about that for a minute. And, and if it's not something, let's see if I can turn this guy off. I'm going to turn him off altogether. Let me turn you off because you're not behaving right. I know. And there goes my video. I'll fix it. Just stay with me. And so for me personally, you know, I believe that it's real, real important to put yourself in an environment of optimal learning. And, and for me, there's, there's nothing like this event. I mean, at this event, we do silent meditation walks. We eat dinner together. We cry together. We grow together. And we get to the root cause of why our businesses are not growing. And I'm big on that. You know, we're drowning in information and starving for wisdom. And we have all this information on how to run our business, how to eat healthy, how to manage our times. Yet, I watch consistently time and time again, people fail. Oh, there it is. So the camera's trying to track me. And so there's only 20 spots. And I encourage everybody to please get signed up for It's Time Live Believe before there's no more spots left. Cool? All right. So let's hop into this big dog. There you are. 
So my big question to you, and I asked this at the event, is why are you here? You're just trying to burn some time at social media. Why are you here? Why are you here? And that's really the big question because you can sit and take notes during this next hour and walk away and do nothing with it. But if you come here for a very particular reason, I'm a small school owner, I'm struggling, I need three things right now to move the needle so that my school's not stuck at 100 students year in, year out for the next decade. So why are you here? My purpose is simple, live your best life. People ask me all the time, why are you here? To help people live their best life. Well, why? Because it's my purpose. Well, why? Because I'm passionate. I'm passionate about impacting people's lives. I'm passionate about giving back. I'm passionate about service. We can go on and on with this. My why is very clear. And I wake up every morning and I refine and redefine and refine that again. So that's what's brilliant. I think it's brilliant once you discover that why, then you seek out the right information to help you create your version of success. You with me on that? Everybody with me? I hope you are. And if you have any questions, post them in the comments. I love your questions as well as, you know, let me know that you're here. I want to see everybody that's here. Danny, Roy, Jason. Hey, Master June. Jonathan, Adam. We got to see each other last week. What a brilliant soul. Got to see him face to face. And is it okay if I tell you I love you, sir? Yeah, I share that quite passionately. I'm a, I'm a love you guy. Bob, what's happening, sir? Virginia, we had dinner last week. I got to meet her lovely husband, and, and, and that was cool, too, as well. Ashton, what's happening, man? Ashton, my purpose, to learn, live, and grow in order to be successful in life. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's all good. So please, as you're coming aboard, say hello. We love to give you a shout out. And we're in this thing called life together. I truly believe that even though we're miles apart and we do this virtual, some of us are teaching out of a park and rec community center. Some of us have multiple locations. It doesn't matter. We're all just trying to get through this thing called life. We're all trying to figure out, you know, how we can do that and take care of ourselves, our families, our teams and give back to our community. Right. That's all it is. So say hi. Say hi and put it in there. I'd love to give you, give you a shout out, please. All right. So why are you here? That's the big one. Why are you here? Figure it out. Why are you here? And if you're not clear about that, that's what I would tell every small owner to begin. Because I go into schools and I'll watch them and they've got this program and this program and this program and this program and this program, you know, you got the acrobatic martial arts, they got the little elephants, they've got freaking, you know, Kravi Maga, they've got all these things. And I look at, and it's confusing. It's almost like a buffet. And, and I don't see a brand. I don't see a why. I just see a lot of programs, right? When I walk into a buffet, there is no why. If I walk into a mom and pop Italian restaurant, there's a very clear why mama's, you know, gnocchi and, 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 and grandpa's recipe for linguine and on and on. It's a very clear family why. You know, they may not know how to scale and monetize it, but that's a different subject. So your why is important. It's super important. And for me, it's where we live and die from. Because from that why, I write systems. From that why, I cultivate a brand. From that why, on and on and on. Everything happens from a why.
And if you can wake up every day with that purpose, you know, why do I eat healthy so I can live my best life? Why do I meditate so my mind is strong and I can live my best life? Why do I carve out family time so I can live my best life with my family? Why do I strive to always take care of my team because they give me the freedom I need to live my best life and I'm helping them live their best life? On and on and on. Why do we go the extra mile and give a child that 15-minute virtual private or spend five minutes after class with them? Because it helps them feel special and they can live their best life. On and on and on. But if you're not clear on that why, and, and it's so generic, you know, it's so generic, then you'll never get to that. So the guy's got all these programs in his windows and everything. And then I asked him, I said, sir, what do you have a black belt in? And then I watched him stand up, his chest puffed out, and he said, a third degree Taekwondo, sir. And I said, and why are you not teaching Taekwondo? Well, sir, I wasn't making money with Taekwondo. So, you know, I went to this convention and they said this program would get me 10 new students. And, and then I was at this other event and they told me their program would increase my bottom line. And I went to this one over here and they told me their program. And, and I went on and on. I said, but none of that is rooted in a why. All, it's, well, all we're talking about is making money. And believe me, don't get me wrong. I enjoy making money. Money sustains my life, allows me to save for my retirement. My family gets whatever they want. I'm able to take care of my team, give back to the community. So please don't mistake it when I say that, right? But when money has no purpose, it's just money. It's just, it's just a tool. It only takes on meaning when I take that money and do something positive and constructive with that. So I encouraged them. I said, well, you're not making money with Taekwondo, Okay but you love Taekwondo, correct? Yes, I do. Okay, so how about I help you develop your curriculum into rotating curriculum? How about I train your team so, so that they're executing that curriculum at the highest level? How about we create drills and skills and everything to support that? How about we do curriculum videos so your students can practice at home? And he looked at me and goes, well, I never thought of that. Yeah, because you're too busy living in fear running out there to every convention looking for the person who's cracking the code, which I think is a crock of shit. And I'm going to tell you why. Because people are changing constantly, but more so, you are a unique individual. You crack your own freaking code, right? You crack the code for you and your life and what you want to do. But, of course, if you can't scale and monetize it to a point that fulfills your version of success, then you need mentors, you need consultants, you need to figure that part out. I understand that. Because I have my own mentors. Okay? Cool. So, why are you here? Why are you here? And then this is a big one for me. Okay? This is a real, real big one. And I've been spending time with this. Asking the right questions. And here's a classic example. Okay? Somebody will say to me. They will say, how do I get 10 more students? And I would challenge them on that. And I would say, well... Uh, the better question is, how do I keep the 10 students I have? How do I close that back door? How do I create raving fans out of those existing 10 students so they go out there and tell 10 more people, and those 10 tell 10 more people, right? Because you can run Facebook ads and Google ads and do all the rest. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm just saying you're focused on getting 10 new students. I'm focused on keeping the 10 that I have, right? It's kind of like when a student quits. We go into this depression, we're bummed out, we're telling the parent, what kind of parent are you? Don't let your student be a quitter. You know what we do instantly? You know what our habit is? 
because I'm big on habit stacking. And if the bad habit is somebody quits and you get your panties in a wad, put a, another habit right on top of it. And that's just out of a, Atomic Habits, if you haven't read that book. And so what I simply do is if somebody quits, we step on that mat and we teach the best class ever. We love the 10 students that are still with us and we teach at a higher level. You see where I'm going with that? One, I can't affect change on other than study the, you know, well, the attrition rate happens a lot at month six. Great. Look at the class time. Look at the instructor. Look at what we're teaching. Sure. I mean, that's a given, right? That's a given. But honestly, if that student's quit, they quit months before, months before. So it's really the process from day one that you constantly have in place where you're doing what? creating relationships. Instead of trying to get more, 10 more students, create relationships. And maybe that's the best question, right? Instead of asking the question, how do I get 10 more students? Maybe the better question is, how do I create long lasting relationships? You see where I'm going with that? And the reason this happens, right? The reason this happens, I'm gonna tell you why. Because you sat in school as a child and the teacher said, one plus one equals what? And if you said two, you got the answer right, you were validated, and you were a smart kid. Now, what if you said to the teacher, that's a dumb question. You'd get kicked out of class, right? What if we said, well, the challenge with one plus one equals two, I'm now put in a box, and there's a finite answer. One plus one equals two. So if I don't say two, and I don't fall in line like everybody else, then I look stupid, right? What do you mean one plus one equals Kool-Aid? What's wrong with you, man? Right? You see where I'm going with that? But really, if we look at disruption, if we look at critical thinkers, one plus one might equal two, right? If I have two items and I put them together, that makes two. But from another perspective, one plus one could equal Kool-Aid if you're talking an infinite thinker. And that's really what you need to be as a small business owner. And I think what's killed 35% of our industry through this pandemic was that lack of critical thinking. Everybody's like, oh, I'm going to do it the way I've always done it. We'll be out of this pandemic in a month. I, someone actually said that to me in the beginning. This will be over in a month. And my reply was, what data do you have? Because I just know. My gut tells me that. Well, I'm not going to listen to my gut in a situation as unknown as a pandemic. I looked at the Spanish flu. I looked at the influenza. And every indication showed me it was two to three years. So smart business Look at the best case scenario and look at the worst case scenario. But I think the middle road will always be trying to base most of that upon data without a lot of personal emotional involvement, which can clout your decision-making process. You with me? Put that in the comments. All right, I see a lot of people sitting up there. Please tell me who you are. Put your name in there. A lot of people, and I'm so happy you're here. I see a lot of people, but please say hi. Say hi, say hi. Cool? So that's it. Ask the right questions. So where you are today in your life, I want you to put in the comment one question you believe is the right question for you, not me or anybody, but for you and not for, hey, I want to look cool on Brandon's show and ask the coolest question. No, the real question for you, right? For you. Put that question in there. All right. Um, <clears throat> this is really what shifted my whole mindset. And I share this story passion. I'll give you the abridged version. 
Um, I had met Topkick, John Casty and Tule at an event we were speaking together with well over a decade ago. They came out to my school because they were fascinated. We generated 75% of revenue in martial arts classes. They were doing 75% revenue in after school and camps. So they brought me out to train their team. And Tule, who's my really good friend to this day, he, he's definitely a brother in my heart. Um, we walked into one of his locations and he said to me, I haven't been here in three months. And I looked at him like, what? You haven't been in this location for three months? Because it was not even on my radar at that time. And he said to me, if you get sick or hurt, right? If you get sick or hurt, how long would it be before your school closed? Now, remind you at the time, I was doing a million dollars a year, but I was also teaching 50, 60 hours a week. So I was the main instructor. And if I got sick or hurt, probably six months to a year, that school would have been gone, even at a million dollars gross a year. So that's when I really understood that I had a personality-driven business and it was very volatile and it wasn't sustainable. Now I'm 60 years old. I want to be teaching this way at 70 or 80. I think not. Cool? Does anybody put it in the comments? I don't see anyone put it in there. Come on now. Someone be brave enough to get, ask me that question. Anybody? Who can ask the right question for them right now? Put it in the comments, please. So that was a huge reality check. And I want you to answer that question for yourself right now. And if you want to put it in the comments, I'm big on seeing things. And I had written down that number, right? I had written it down on my phone. I tattoo it to the inside of my arm, six months to a year, six months to a year. So for me, I, once I got that 12-month number, I developed an instructor's training experience that could train somebody from holding pads to running a class in one year. You with me on that? Because that was the number I was petrified of. 12 months, 12 months. I got 12 months to train this guy to do it better than me. So for me, that was really huge. Um, hey, Jason, what's happening, sir? How would you bring through a team of coaches where the owner could then delegate time better and not be in the classes, working on the business, not for the business. I've done this to an extent. However, believe I have a business career change in the pipeline for me personally, but want to keep my school thriving and ongoing. Well, that's a wonderful question, sir. So we answered the one if you got sick or hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this, this is the answer to that question, Jason. Look for your second right? You fundamentally, for you to move into this other career opportunity, you need to get somebody to replace you. And what is that worth to you, right? Remember, you're going to be generating revenue over here in this new business, right? This new business opportunity. So you could probably take somewhat of a cut and pay here to pay somebody really, really well with a 401k, with medical benefits, with vacation with pay. Now, that's not enough because you got to build bench strength under him so he can have a day off. You respect his life outside, create work-life balance. Because the one thing I've learned through this whole pandemic, Jason, is the great resignation is fueled by one thing primarily. People are leaving because of toxic cultures, right? The culture that they're in is toxic. And we witness that a lot in the martial arts industry. I'm not saying everybody, but across the board, Percentage of the people in our industry do not pay well. They work this, this, this poor instructor to the bone. They don't give them the systems. They don't empower them. They just simply tell them to do it. And when they don't do it their way because they've never been trained, there's friction. So I believe if you really want to create and bring that team of coaches uh, to be able to move to that level, 
is you have to, number one, write all the systems and processes to replace you. So what do you do right now in this business? I take it you're still teaching, right? To a certain degree. Because if you're not working on the business and you're working for the business, then I would take it you're still teaching a lot. That's okay. The reason that's okay, especially for me coming into this pandemic, we looked at our business as a brand new business. We are a business in infancy, right? We've had this discussion. We just finished reading E-Myth again. My businesses are a business in infancy. Now, somebody said, you're so full of it, professor. You're at 928 students. You are so full of it. No, no, no. The reason we're still here is because we're a business in infancy. We are a business in infancy. And so looking at things in this brave new world, you fundamentally, Jason, are a business in infancy because you want to change the current business model you have because you're working on it, you're working on it, you're working on it. So you need to become the new business where, you, I mean, you're working in it, for it. So you want to become the business where you're working on the business, right? And you're over here uh, exploring that other business opportunity. So you're not able to work on the business or explore that other business opportunity effectively because you're doing what? You're working for the business. So that's the type of business you have today. If you continue to run this type of business, you will never get to the point where you can work on it and you can explore those other opportunities to fruition. So my business today is not the business I want to be. So that's really the question you have to answer, Jason, is how do you go from I'm working for my business? What steps, what actionable steps need to happen to be able to work on my business and explore this other avenue, correct? Everybody with me? Put it in there if you're with me and, and you get where I'm going with this. Okay. All right. So here we go. First thing, Jason, find your second. And if you have that second, I want you to pay him more than he possibly can imagine. Why? Because your payroll, your team is not an expense. Your team is an investment. Write that down. Because that's a huge mindset shift I want people to get being a small business owner who is thinking like an architect, right? Because we know coming into this pandemic, cut your two big ex expenses. What are they? Rent and payroll. Oh, there's that mindset that payroll is an expense. No, it's not. Payroll is an investment. Think about it. No matter what you're paying your people, if you had to stop and really, really think about how much revenue they generate you year after year after year, what would that be worth to you? Would that shift your mindset where you stop looking at payroll as an expense and you looked at payroll as an investment? If you could do that, then you would find every way possible to invest in that team, right? For those of us that do invest, how much money do you invest for your retirement to save? As much as possible, right? So you have more when you retire. So think about that for a moment, investing in that team. So if you have a second, Jason, and he's the guy, then you need to create a roadmap of what that looks like, right? If you're going to run this location, this is what I'm going to pay you. If you're going to become a profit-sharing partner, this is what I'm going to pay you. And eventually, if I choose to sell it to you, this is what you'll pay me for it, and this is what you will earn. There needs to be a path of advancement. If he can't see that, why stay with you, right? The whole big thing is we're afraid they're going to leave us and open up one block down the street, correct? Right? Anybody with me on that? Everybody. So, for me, I'm too busy 
finding ways to keep my team happy because I view my team like I do my customers or my clients. And if I view my team like I do my customers or clients, I should never lose anybody, right? Because I'm working double time and overtime to take good care of them. Cool? And then after that, you write position agreements, you know, job descriptions, all that, Jason. And then you create the systems. The worst thing you can do is tell them to go teach. First thing you do is tell him to go, you know, get new members. You have to give him systems and processes and be able to train him on those systems and processes so that he's empowered. Would you take a brand new white belt and throw him into the black belt division and say fight? I hope not. You would train him methodically, right? To become that skilled black belt, to have the confidence to go compete in the black belt division at a tournament. It's the same thing here, sir. And we don't do that. Someone gets a black belt, you say, go teach. So we really have to work on those things. Cool? Let me look at some of the other questions here. Stephanie, what are some options to effectively share my story? I'm working to build confidence in this area. Well, Stephanie, I know you personally. You're a God-centered person. Trust this. You know, when your husband passed away of cancer, and that's, you've said that publicly, and then Noah got really sick right after that. You know, if we believe doesn't happen to us it happens for us right why did God give you that such extreme circumstances why and there's a story there and there's a narrative there and I think to be vulnerable and have that faith because what is faith and I, and I know this may not be for everybody so if you need to mute us go ahead for a minute so faith is believing in what can't be seen right and I remember when Noah was down and out, you believed Noah would get better. And as Noah began to go through therapy, he believed he would get better. And look at Noah today, right? So maybe that was just re and re, just God, 10xing your faith. So you can go out there and talk and talk about Elevate Martial Arts. This is not just the martial arts school. No, it's not. This is a culture of faith. That we believe in a child with no confidence can one day have confidence. Because I believe, believing in what doesn't exist, I believe that shy child will one day have the confidence. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Because when my husband passed away, and there I was, for the first time alone in my life, I had to have faith more than anything and anyone out there. And we instill that in every kick and punch. We instill that in every word that we offer your child. We instill that in every event. I mean, this goes on and on and on. And so it's not so much confidence I'm going to encourage you to have. I'm going to encourage you to have faith. And I'm going to encourage you to believe. Cool? I, I, I hope that helps. All right. Um, so look for your second. Now, this is a big one. Clear goals, but always fluid. I, I think what kills a school is when they're so rooted in doing things one way. My goal is 100 students by the end of this year. So if you don't have 100, you're going to close your doors? No. Nobody does, right? So I think goals are important because if I can see it, I can be it. If I don't have something I'm aiming for, you know, I just simply get in the car and drive, it feels like there's movement and I'm going somewhere. But there's no direction. There's no goal. But if I say, I want to drive from here to Disneyland, I get in my car, I now know it's going to take X amount of hours at this amount of speed. I'm going to take this highway to get there. It's going to take this much money in gas, 
right, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to take this much for the hotel, this much for the day hoppers, you know, to go to both parks, to eat, blah, 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 for a family of four. I know that. Once I've made a decision to do what? Go to Disneyland. And once we made that decision, then we decide all the details. So it's the same thing here. If the goal is you want 300 students by the end of 2022, how are you going to do that? Well, give me some data. Data says um, I average 10 students a month. Okay. So with your current marketing methods, with the current curriculum that you have, with the current team that you have, with the current culture that you have, with the current systems that you have, you have given me data that you average net 10 students a month. Great. So that would tell me, unless you change your curriculum, change your culture, change the, your team training methods, change the experience, add on more marketing, you will not get 200 students. If you're at 100 now, you're not going to get 300 by the end of the year. With your current circumstances, you will get 120. That's just data. No emotion, nothing else attached to it because you've given me that data. And that's smart business. So I can say reasonably, if you do nothing more, you'll be at 220 by the end of the year. Fair enough? Now, if the goal is to get additional 80 students beyond that 120 that data has proven year after year, average net 10 students a month, right? Some quit, some stay. Where do you fundamentally need to work on your business to grow it, right? That's where the fluid part comes in. That's where you need to be fluid. Well, let's start with the white belt experience. Let's look at the warm-up. Maybe we need to change that up. Let's look at what we're teaching in the white belt curriculum, right? Let's, so start there. And then, of course, methodically, because remember, I'm huge on product, right? One of the Apple philosophies are premium product, premium price. So how do you create premium products? Well, you're always investing in them, reviewing, refining, changing, bettering. I mean, we're on what, an iPhone 13? What if they never bettered that product and they left it as the iPhone, the original one? They'd be out of business. Well, I think that's one of the biggest things that hurt us. And I'm going to tell you the yin and the yang of that, okay? The yin and the yang. You have one school of thought. Traditional martial arts. We're about tradition. It's been this way for thousands of years. It's proven it works. We're going to do that just the same way my teacher taught me and his teacher taught him. And that's the way we're doing it. Okay, but then the other school of thought, forget anything, traditional martial arts, out the window, we're the cool hip, self-defense, you know, da-da-da, okay. But there's no data there. That's simply a pipe dream by itself. You see the yin and the yang, and that's the problem right now, I think, in our industry. You've got these extremist, hardcore traditionalists, and you have these extremists over here going, screw tradition, man. You know, we're not going to wear uniforms or anything, and we're just going to show up whatever we want and crank up the music and have black lights, and we're all about self-defense. Scary. Scary, because both are rooted in ego and fear. Both are rooted in ego and fear. And I'll stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody on that, Right? My Kung Fu is better than your Tiger Claw. That's still the same argument. Tradition versus innovation, right? And innovation totally abandons? No way. Look at even the most technical people out there right now. Does Tesla car still have wheels on it? Oh, they do. But they're electric. Do they borrow from the tried and true, you know, um, wheels on a car? Absolutely. Absolutely. Does it still have a front seat like cars have had since the Ford Model T? Oh, absolutely. You see, so that's what's smart. 
Tesla is a smart company. Apple is a smart company because they borrow from proven methods and they break the rules after that. Learn the rules, break the rules. Learn the rules, break the rules. So I believe there is a middle ground where we can take the values of tradition, right? Especially the Taekwondo schools whose dads teach, taught the kids and that dad was taught by the grandfather. We can take that. And that's where Roland Osborne said really well was actually O.S. Smith. Respect, tradition, embrace innovation. So that yin-yang, I believe, needs to be there. Because there's something magical about walking in and wearing a uniform and going, yes, sir. There's something magical about a short-term goal of earning a stripe, a mid-term goal of earning your next belt, the long-term goal of earning a black belt. There's something magical about that. You know why? Because respect was good a thousand years ago and respect is good today. It doesn't change, right? Tell me, was discipline great 10,000 years ago? I think so. A disciplined person achieved their goals and went, is discipline great today? Absolutely, absolutely. But I get it. Some people feel that sense of, of I don't know. So they abandon all of it. And that's like taking Chinese food and taking the noodle out, right? Okay. So, but you see all the neat hybrids. You got the, you know, Korean taco. I think that's really cool. You take a taco and put bulgogi in it. See, see the unification? I believe they need to be there, but I think what's happening right now, you got this side over here going, screw tradition. And you have this side over here going, tradition. So there's no balance in our industry. And I've seen schools where, you know, there's no rhyme or reason. They're just kicking bags and punching things. There's no direct linear line between white belt and black belt. It's just a bunch of hodgepodge of stuff they took off YouTube and the brown belt they earned in jiu-jitsu and the purple belt they earned in karate. And, and they just throw it all together in this smorgasbord where what I do love, and you look at some of the strongest organizations, Cookie Wan, WTF, things like that, right? The AAU with the Japanese that was just in, in the Olympics is they have a very clear tradition. Boom, boom. Boom, it's very clear, white to black. And it's rooted in history. It's rooted in data that's gone thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So I believe both need to be there, both. So when, when we talk about that, you know, having those clear goals, but always being fluid, that's one example of the dogma that's currently in our industry, why we're not growing at as fast a pace as fitness or freaking flag football. It's huge right now, huge with all the kids, really big. Why did CrossFit overtake martial arts? You know, why do all these things happen? Because they, they, they still, I mean, the CrossFit, lifting a weight is still a freaking weight, right? But the culture that went with it, went with it. Flag football has been around forever, but the culture and the innovation of how they present and market and execute it and how they organize it and make it a, a cultural event is what's really the difference about it. You see where I'm going with that? So it's the same thing here. Have clear goals, but always be fluid, as fluid as you can be. Keep those questions coming. Danny, sir, I'm planning to sit down with the team and go over some of their goals. What are good questions to ask? Well, here's a great one Steven Reinstein gave me last week that I'm going to utilize. Okay, just because really what it starts with cultivating a great team is great leadership, Danny. Great leadership. So first, start, stop, and continue. So, what things should I as a leader start doing for you, the team? More staff training, be conscious of your pay, your personal life, out of business, what? Stop. What should I stop doing? Simply telling me to go out there and teach without any training whatsoever. Great. And then continue. We really like how you're kind and generous and you think of the culture of, let's do more of that. 
So that's a great place to start, Danny. And, I, and, and how am I going to do that? I think I'm going to do an anonymous Google form and send it out to the team and just let them anonymously put their comments. That would be a great place to start. And then, of course, you know, asking questions to them, Danny, like, you know, where do you want to be in one year, two years, three years, right? Well, in three years, I want to own a home because I'm engaged to get married. Five-year plan, we want to have kids. Whoa. Okay, so me as a business, Danny, what can I do to support that, right? One of my guys bought a house during the pandemic, and he's getting married this September, which means kids are going to follow, right? So what are some of the things we've done? We gave him back pay, right? The, the, the money that he needed that we weren't paying him. We gave him a $10,000 raise in October. He'll get another $10,000 raise this October. That's a $20,000 raise? In a little over a year's time, that's really good. I would feel confident my company supporting me. I would feel confident to go out there and start thinking about planning a family. You see, but I believe we as a great company should support our team, Danny, in every way possible. So you need to do that. You need to do that. And some people thought I was crazy. Ask Letitia. Our payroll went up to 60% or 65%. But again, my team is an investment right? I'll make that money all on the back end in the next three to five years. That's what a great visionary does. I see the investment in that team. I see that investment. And the loyalists that stayed with me through this pandemic, you know, we were loyal to as well. That, that's, that's something money can't buy. So I'm willing to invest in that time and time again. So you want to know their goals, Danny. Where do you want to be in a year? And of course, the 15-year-olds are going to go, I don't know. Great. So that leads me to my next set of questions, right? Would you like to help people live their best life? Would you consider making martial arts your career? Did you know that I, as the owner, have made this much money in the martial arts? Did you know the top guy in our company makes this much money? Did you know you two could, you know, and then, then you start planting a different set of seeds. Because, of course, your younger team members, Danny, won't know, you know what they want to do, right? So if you can guide them or influence them, that would be huge. And some it will work, some it won't. It won't. It worked with my main guy, TJ, and his brother, Lucas, right, and Sifu Bender, and myself, and my kickboxing team has been teaching for 20 years. So there's a certain group of people culturally that get it and want this to be their life. But much like martial arts isn't for everybody, it's not a career for everybody. Not at all. Not at all. Cool? All right. So be fluid. And I think that's the big one. You got to be fluid. People aren't fluid. And your inability to not be fluid is what hurts a lot. Now, and, and this is kind of beating this like a dead dog, you know, but I'm going to keep beating it. Invest in your product and team consistently. You know, we're right now revamping our sparring curriculum. And thank God for TJ. He's done light years what I could do with that sparring curriculum. And I praise him for that, right? We're always looking at our curriculum. We're always investing in, we're always bettering the product. We want to better, like remember Apple, premium product, premium price, write that down. Premium product, premium price. So if you're constantly investing in bettering your curriculum, right? Bringing in somebody like me or Roland Osborne to turn it into rotating curriculum, you know, working it from white to black. You're investing in doing curriculum videos. You're investing in staff training because our staff gets paid. When they train staff training to teach the curriculum, they get paid, right? But we're mindful of that. When we staff train, we're training to teach, not training to train. Totally different. Totally different. Totally different. So we're always investing in our product. Oh, 
There's that blurriness. Fix, 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 fix. Catch me, camera. Catch me. I got to get another camera that doesn't do this. And I don't know why all of the Logitech do this. But we've tried to fix it, and it doesn't seem to work all the time. So anyways, we'll live with it. So with that said, you know, saying that to you, are you investing in your product? And, and we're doing that now in wisdom, right? Everybody in wisdom, that is our goal. Everybody in wisdom, fix. Come back, come back. Now, I'm not sure why this camera does that. And, and this is a new camera, too. So we're doing that right now in wisdom. We're moving into curriculum, and it's probably one of the toughest places places for me to work with school owners. And the reason I say that is because they all want to do it the way their teacher taught them. They're stuck in the old ways. Come on. Huh. And so they all want to do it the old ways. And, and I get that. I get that. But if we don't reinvent or innovate, we die. Let me see if I can fix this. Fix. Just one of those days. Well, you, you can see the words clearer, right? <laughs> and then your team, I, I think I've beaten that one up enough. You know, love your team, invest in your team, recognize your team is it. Because without your team, there's nothing you can do. Nothing, nothing you can do, right? Nothing you can do. Cool? And then, of course, I talk about this one a lot, that systems equal success, right? Systems equal success. So if you don't write systems, you are not. You are not, you are not going to be able to achieve your goals. It's just, it's, it's that simple because systems drive a business. Any great business, and you should read E-Myth by Michael Gerber, please, and make sure you read that one because for me, it's what really changed my life. Yeah, I, I'm trying to fix this, guys, so bear with me, please. I'm somewhere in here. I know I am. Yeah, for some reason, it, it's, it's hanging on and it's not wanting to focus. Oh, wow. Maybe I need a new camera. We'll take a look at that later. So, and that was the big thing for me, you know, that I recognized is that I did not have systems. I was a personality-driven business, and my whole purpose was simply telling people to go do this and go do that. I directed traffic really well, you know, but I never trained people to do it better than me. So it really became about training people to do it better than me. And how do I do that? Step one. Step two, step three, step four. And it's really that simple, but it's very time consuming. It's a lot of visionary work and you gotta be willing to do that. Are you willing to do that? Catch me camera, thank you. And so once I read E-Myth and, and we can chat after about the camera. Yeah, you know, I turn off autofocus. I do all that stuff, Marco, but it's still, it, it's, it doesn't do this normally this much, but this is. That's why I run it through Logi Capture, so it doesn't do that. Thank you, Jason. Wisdom is an amazing investment in myself, my team, and my business. I think so. It's my most ambitious work to date and something I'm extremely proud of. So, systems, right? Start with writing the warm-up. What's the first part of the warm-up? Everybody on their green dot. Step two, run in place. Step three, push-up position. Everybody do push-ups. Step four, sit-ups. Step five, and then there's many systems under that, right? If you have green dots on your four, then it's easy. Everybody stand on a green dot. Okay, great. I can't say line up. 
No, it's more directive. And we have dots on the floor. So we say, everybody on a green dot in five, four, three, two, one. Why do we count down? Sense of urgency, people move faster. Or it can simply be line up. Line up is step one in the system, but there's steps under that system, right, everybody? There's steps under that. And that step is, it's not just line up. It's step one, everybody standing in the green dot. Great. See? So writing systems is boring, but because you don't really see it until you implement it. But systems will equal your success all day, every day. I know you've heard that, but I want you to spend time with that. Okay? We hear it all the time. Systems, 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 and more systems. Systems, more systems, and more systems. Please, it is about systems. And, and we all naturally have systems every day. When you wake up, you have a system. You get out the same side of the bed, da, 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 whatever your habits are. So systems are big. Now, if you haven't written a business plan, please write a business plan. Um, there's so many nuts. I can spend a whole hour on just writing a business plan. But if you don't have a business plan, write one. You should review it every year and see how it's changed for you. I can't tell you how writing a business plan, I never wrote one for the first location. I tell people that all the time. But the, when we wrote the one for the second location, we, were, we scaled so much faster. We were at a million dollars in three years, where in San Francisco it took seven. Now, sure, San Francisco was a learning curve. I didn't know, you know, I had never ran a commercial martial arts school at the time. I had ran other businesses, but not a martial arts school. And so it took a little longer, but we were up to a million dollars in Millbrae in three years. And then, of course, the book Profit First. If you haven't read that, please read it. And the main gist of it is we normally, all our money goes into one account. We pay all our bills. What's left over at the end of the month is yours, correct? That's how most people run their businesses. Bad day. Bad, bad day. We have five bank accounts. First one, income. On the 10th and the 25th, we fund the tax account. Next one, owner's compensation. Next one, profit. And then whatever's left over, those are the expenses to run, this, run the business. I kid you not. Because income is income. Taxes, that's not your money. Don't co-mingle it with your income. It's a real bad day, especially when those quarterly taxes roll around. And then, of course, we have owner's compensation. Your owner's compensation is real important. Because if you can't pay your bills, then you're stressed out. Your family stressed out, it's a bad day. And then profit. Profit is a habit. Even if it's only a dollar, two dollars, I don't care. On the 10th and 25th, put something into the profit account. I don't care if it's one dollar. It's really about creating those habits. Creating those habits. And last but not least, expenses. And if you just look at that, which I look at my bank accounts every other day, if you look at just those five bank accounts, you have a much clearer picture on the health of your business. And you will, and you won't spend randomly. I watch too many school owners just, why'd you buy that? I don't know, I just, you know, they told me a thousand bucks a month for this social media, it's gonna get me lots of students. That's a Hail Mary pass. Remember, success is planned for. Success doesn't happen by accident. Success is something you methodically work at. Cool? And then last but not least, budget. Man, school owners, you make me nuts. You don't have a budget. You don't stick to a budget. And that's crazy. That's freaking crazy. And I think it's because of the illusion that some school owners have. They think because they open up, you know, some 1,400 square foot facility in, in, in a strip mall, you're a business owner. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're somebody who got a lease on 1,400 square feet in a strip mall. That's all you are. 
That doesn't mean because you signed a lease and you opened your front door, you're a business owner. Far, far, far from it. All you did was secure a lease and open a front door. That's all you've done. So to really understand the skill set to be a successful small business owner, that's a whole nother day. That's a whole nother day. And please, I see that discrepancy in our industry a lot, a lot, a lot. So you spend so inappropriately all the time. And Profit First can shore up some of that. But your disciplined spending habits to go, this is how much money I have to spend on social media. This is how much money I have to spend on a mentor. This is how much money I have to, you know what I mean? And you want to stick to that budget. Stick to it as much as you can. As much as you can, as much as you can. So if you don't have a budget, please create a budget, right? And then stick to that. Thank you, Steph. You're so funny. I didn't see that. And then, of course, that, that leads into the thought of, again, EMIS, as we just finished it in wisdom. You know, most people are technicians, right? I'm a martial arts instructor. That doesn't make you, again, a small business owner, right? That doesn't make you a manager. Wow, a manager's different. Now you're managing employees, and most of them are teenagers, and that's the toughest demographic to manage, Right? To manage, I say managing, hiring, firing, writing systems to train them to do it better than you, training them to do those systems, monitoring those systems so they deliver the product consistently at a high level, right? A manager is a whole different thing than a technician, and most school owners are a technician. Why? It's what you cut your teeth on. It's what you cut your teeth on. You were a martial arts student. You were probably a martial arts instructor for your instructor, so you're a technician. And then you take those technical skills and you try to manage. Bad day. Bad day, bad day. See, the martial arts industry doesn't teach you how to manage, right? So that's information you really have to look for outside. But managing is tough. I'm, I'm still learning to manage. I learn to manage every day. I mean, I think I know something, then next thing you know, I, I'm, I'm a dork. I don't know anything. So it's constantly because management has changed. And there's different management styles and different philosophies. But I would say in today's brave new world, coming out of this pandemic, managing people are, is going to be a lot different. What do I mean by that? Well, just working remotely. We have no front desk pretty much anymore. They're going to start working more remotely. Wow, who'd have thunk? No front desk. So that part is very valuable. The work-life balance people are after. They don't want to work for you freaking seven days a week, you know, 20 hours a day. They don't. They want work-life balance. Are you going to honor and respect that? They want a sense of autonomy. Can they come in and be creative within the systems you have, within the culture that you create? What do you do to cultivate that? Do you just listen with lip service and never implement their ideas? Or do you really run them through, in our case, live your best life? And if it's a great idea, I'm happy to run with it. Our sparring curriculum is better. People are living their best life. Nobody's getting hurt. They're having fun. They're sweating. I'm going to encourage TJ to do that all day long, all day long in our business. You see where I'm going with that? So moving from a technician to a manager, it's a different skill set. And then lastly, being the architect, right? Like Jason said, I want to work on my business, not for it. How do I get to that point? Well, I think I give you some really good ideas, but the architect sees that. The architect sees I'm looking for my second constantly because we can open more locations. That second can replace me, can do everything I can do technically better than me. Managerial, better than me, right? And that's where I'm at. So I get to be the architect most days. Due to the pandemic, I came back to teach. And look at me, I'm in the best shape of my life, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically. So I am a technician again in many ways. And I am 
somewhat of a manager, but I'm definitely still the architect through and through because TJ is the technician and manager. That's what he does. TJ is the technician and manager. That's what he's doing. And like he said to me the other day in our meeting, you know, we need to get you to just being back to being the architect so I can start writing systems again and doing all the rest because there's only so many hours in a day. And for me, my work-life balance is I teach, then I work with my clients in wisdom and family time. Those are the three things are my priority. So everything else goes on the back burner. I feel no guilt. I feel no remorse. That is where we've been through this pandemic. But ultimately, I need to stop teaching again, right? So I can be that architect. Well, I'm going to teach a little bit because I love it. I love it. I do. And TJ's the manager and he needs to move out of the technical. You see where we're going with that? So super important. And this is the last one I want to cover today as we wrap this thing up. Know what to outsource. Please don't do your own bookkeeping. Stop it now. Stop it, stop it now, you know, and move into a CRM software. I can't believe how many school owners still do collect, you know, the tuition on an Excel spreadsheet and people are giving them checks each month and all that. I would say stop it, stop it, and stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it, right? We use the CRM system. It's all done through uh, my studio and an app. We take no cash unless somebody really pushes on. Everything's done through the credit card and we pass on the credit card fees. Get with it, get with it, get with it. That's an example of staying stuck in the past when every indication for technology moves forward. It does. We had people in here yesterday, right? They did a trial. Great, how do we sign up? Just go back into the app, you know, look for memberships and sign up. Where do I get the uniform? Oh, it's right there in the pro shop. So I don't believe it's bad service because we amplify our service on the mat. And that's what they pay you for, right? They don't pay you to size them up for a uniform and do all the rest. They pay for the relationships. So yes, we do those things. But really what they're paying for month to month is for you to serve them on that mat and help them do what? Live your best life or be successful or, you know, whatever your why is, whatever your why is. So we're okay with that. And it took a while. We're ripping out our front desk and we're creating this new experience up front, on and on and on, because we are a business in its infancy. We are a new business. Make no mistake. So outsource your lawyer. Don't do that yourself, please. I watched so many schools suffer because they don't want to spend money on a lawyer now. What's well, 300 bucks an hour? That 300 bucks an hour is nothing to, compared to the hundreds of thousand dollars you'll lose, you know, negotiating a bad lease. So know that. People look at me as an expense, and I'm going, an expense? If I can help reduce that learning curve, and I can take your business to where it needs to go better, quicker, and faster than you can, you know, making trial and error for the next decade, what, what is that investment to me? It's minimal. It's minimal. I've made people millions and millions of dollars over the past decade. So what is paying me, you know, what would I charge a month? It's insane. I know what I pay my financial guy every month. I have no challenge with it because I can look at my portfolio and go, hmm, great, right? Think about that. And so it's really that mindset that comes with being that architect. The architect knows I'm going to outsource the lawyer. I'm going to outsource the plumbing. I'm going to outsource these things because I need to work on the 20% of my business, not the 80, right? And same thing when it comes to hiring a proper consultant or a mentor, right? You make that decision where you spend your money. Cool, cool, cool. All right. We're going to wrap this big dog up. So where are you going to be in August? August 13th through 16th. It's Time Live Believe. What I am in total 
is I wear a lot of hats. I know what it takes to be a successful small business owner. I've ran small businesses for over 38 years, successfully built, sold. Now I've been in the martial arts industry for 22 years. I know this industry really well. I've worked with school owners all over the world. I've ran two successful schools for 22 years. And please be mindful of that. There's so many people out there on the internet claiming to be this and that. Just, you know, the bottom line, like Michael uh, Michael Makarowicz said of Profit First, trust wallets, not words, right? I watch people bite my stuff all the time, dress like me, talk like me. And it scares me because I'm going, wow, my stuff's out there. All you got to do is listen to it 30 times and you can regurgitate anything Brandon Beliso says. But what I do have is data. Data, 38 years of small business. What I do have is data that to be a successful small business owner, you must know social media. You must know systems. You must know communication. You must know building a team. You must know rotating curriculum. You must know branding. You must all of it. All of it, or you are left at the mercy of some social media kid who's been doing things for a year that took a Russell Brownson marketing course, and because you don't know what you don't know, you go, okay, here's $800 a month. Okay. Or you could do what Stephanie's doing and go the farmer route and go through the painstaking task of developing your story, of developing your narrative, of developing relationships through social media and become that trusted go-to to elevate in her community through martial arts and life skills. You see? One might take a little longer, but you will be empowered. And that's the last thing I want to leave you with as a small business owner. I want you to be empowered. To be empowered to make good decisions when you're standing toe-to-toe -to -toe with a social media person. To make good decisions. To know this guy's full of it or not when he comes to you as a mentor or a consultant. To have enough knowledge and confidence to sit there and talk to somebody when it comes to curriculum design, right? All of it. But if you don't spend the time learning based upon what? Your why. Mine is live your best life. So I don't do anything unless it fulfills that purpose. I'm not. I'm simply not. So everything I do is about that. But I have enough wisdom in place to know to make good decisions. So it's time live believe 20 school owners get signed up now. Marco will put the link in there. It's a four day experience. It would change your life. I don't care if you have to close your school, whatever you need to do. You know, I'm proud of people like Shauna. She came out here and now she's got waiting lists for class. She's making more money than she has ever has. She has a 401k for her team. And I'm proud of that. And she had one small school. She had just started. Smart girl. Smart girl. Smart girl. Cool? So it's time live. Believe is coming up. All right, let's wrap up. Thank my sponsors. My studio, Kids of Lifestyle, LC Accounting, Market Muscles. I love you guys. You have relationships with all of them. And so I recommend their products and influence them passionately, passionately, because they truly are good people trying to make our difference in our industry. And of course, they charge for what they do as they should. They should, but I can guarantee you, they're going to make sure that they serve you well. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So, hey, school owners, I love you, right? I'm here as you are every day in the trenches, teaching, marketing, social media, routine curriculum, hiring, firing, dealing with challenges, putting out fires, vision work, technical work, managerial work. I do it all right now, and I'm grateful and blessed to do so. It's not, it's not a burden. It's my purpose. My purpose is what? To live your best life. Cool? All right. Make sure I didn't miss any of your questions as I'm having such a good time here. Love it. 
You're very welcome, Monique. Thank you for raising the standard. You know, we deserve it. The bottom line is you deserve it, Monique. We all deserve it. Steph, Jason, Jason Bird, everybody that's here, you deserve the best. But as I said last week, and I'll say it again, it works when you work it. So work it because you are worth it. That's where it begins. If you decide that you're worth it, people, you will do the work you need to do to make it happen because it works when you work it. So work it because you are worth it. You are worth it. I'm Brandon Beliso. This is what? Success never sleeps. Until we talk again, what are you going to go out there and do? Live your best life. Mm -hmm.